teaching from Romans chapter number 15. I'm ready to go. This word is trying to bust out of me. I, I was, we were going through communion and um, I was going to teach from Acts this morning and while we we're having communion in the first service, the Lord said, no, turn to Romans because I, I have a word for my people today. And I'm obedient enough to trust God no matter how much I've studied, I just believe that God will perform his word. If you move with him, you don't have to worry about the outcome because he is the outcome and the income. Woo. <laughs> Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse number one. And those of you who take notes and write down scriptures, I'm going to suggest to you that you read Isaiah chapter number 11. And you pick it up from verse 9 and go all the way through. I, I, I want you to do that because that's your homework assignment. The, the writer is, is teaching um, from that very verse of Isaiah. He's teaching us some pivotal um, wisdom of God in this particular text. <clears throat> and, I'll, and I'll say that scripture again a little bit later because I really want you to write down Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9 through the end. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you for leading us in worship and praise. We thank you for the Levitical anointing that's on these musicians and on the praise and worship team. God, it's only you. These are your gifts on display. We thank you for the miraculous healing power that you have used as a testimony today. Lord, we know that healing took place in more than her. Lord, there's some things that, that have been troubling people that will trouble them never again just through the atmosphere of praise and worship. We, we thank you, God, because that is where you live and that's, that, that is your gifting, God, and that's where, where you're, 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 you flow through us, God. And so we thank you. And now you have brought us to the place to hear from you. So we ask that you would bind any hindering spirit that would try to bring about distraction. Bind it up, Lord God, that we will be so attentive to you in the spirit that our cups will be wide open, that you would fill our cups, that they would overflow so that wherever we go, all that you have filled in would bless others. We know, Lord God, that this is your will. So come now and speak to our hearts. And as I, Lord God, surrender, Submit myself to your perfect will. Crush the spirit of Felix that your spirit may manifest in such a way that we would truly hear from you and be changed to be more like you so that you will be glorified and we, your body, will be edified. In Jesus' name, everyone that believes, shout amen. Okay, verse number one, it says, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. 
I got to pause for a moment because even if you don't feel like you're strong, if you're strong enough to judge somebody else, you've now put yourself in position to put up with the scruples of the one that's weaker than you. Amen. And not to please ourselves. That's good, challenging right there. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it's written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Say, I have hope. hope. Yeah, you do. And may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God and and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the writer writes, therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of our God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you people. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise up to reign over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. In him. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll read that one more time. Now may the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and peace in Believing, shall I believe, believe, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to use as a subject, hashtag, hope filled with praise. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I got hope. And I praise. Say, I'm filled with it. You may be seated. Hashtag hope 
filled with praise. As we look to this month and the full operation of praise, first and foremost, I want you to know that God, God lives in praise. God is so big on praise that those are the first four commandments that he gives to Moses. It's all about praising him. To love the Lord thy God, have no other God before you. I'm a jealous God. Don't, don't worship anything other than me. And so God is dealing with praise. He, he wants us to praise him. As a matter of fact, when he told Jesus, teach the disciples to pray, the disciples' prayer, we call it the Lord's prayer, but it's really for us. He says, our Father who art in heaven. He says, first of all, acknowledge that I am your daddy. And then he says, not just yours, but it's all inclusive. This is about a we thing. He says, so he says, our father. You don't approach God by my father. You approach him by our father because we're all in this together. And so he speaks to unification from the very essence of who he is because he saved all of us through one action and one act of obedience through his son, Jesus Christ. It is something that today, today he would have us to um, began to embrace praise. And while we embrace praise, it is important for us to understand uh, that, that praise is more than just the fruit of your lips. Because most of us like to praise. And we like to be praised. And I know you like to praise because, because when something great happens in your life, you get happy and you start to praise. Or you can go to a basketball game or any game, and if your team is winning, you begin to praise. Ooh, and don't let your child do something that is really, really good. You will outpraise everybody. And so we have begun to shape praise as something that we, we began to let out of our mouth, and so we have restricted our praise based on the victory that happens in our life. So we wait until the touchdown is scored. Then we yell. It is something that when God does something great for you, you have no problem praising him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But God doesn't tell us to praise him when he does something great for us because he's already done everything for us already. And then just because of what he's done, when we began to walk in obedience, it unlocks everything that's done already. And then we praise him as it gets unlocked. But in the text in Hebrews, he's talking about a sacrificial praise. Where you can praise him before he does it. But better than that, we ought to praise him for who he is. But we've inhabited, we've embraced, we have began to practice on praising the way the world prays. That we have become good at it. So we wait for a moment. To praise God. But, but the scripture says praise God always. We ought to always be ready to praise God. Whether good or bad, you ought to have a praise on the tip of your tongue ready to bust out of you. Understanding that praise is not initiated by something that happens. Praise should be initiated by what God has already put in place. So God has already given you victory over every area. 
The writer writes and talks through Isaiah and says that there's going to become a root out of Jesse. And that is Christ Jesus. So when he comes out of Jesse, he comes in and he gives us. Now, now note, he doesn't give us something on the outside. He gives us something on the inside. What he does, he comes and he dies for all of, the, all of our sins. The thing about God is he, went and he, went, he blesses both ways. God will bless you. He came, he blessed us right then and there and went backwards and did a blessing on all of those that came and sinned before Christ and then sent it forward for the sins that we would do and then didn't stop there. Once you got saved, he said, I still, I still sent my son for the sins that you're going to do tomorrow. So God has set up a system where you can't lose because he chose you. Say I'm chosen. When you understand that God handpicked you, he selected you. He chose you because he could count on you to praise him. God is so big on praise. Do you know that there was, there was a man in the Bible, he was a king, and because God told him he was going to die, he said, Hezekiah, you're going to die. Hezekiah said, wait a minute, God. If I die, I can't praise you from the grave. He said, oh, I'm here to praise you, God. How, am I, how are you going to hear me from the grave? God said, that's right. I'm going to give you 15 more years of praise because I know you're going to praise me. Is there anybody in here that will praise God no matter what's going on in your life? I'm talking about an unrestricted praise. Uh, I, when you own full, you'll praise God. And so, and, so, and so he gives us this system, and it's called obedience. O obedience is the key. And so when you obey God, you please God. So your obedience to God is a praise unto God. So now get this, get this. God, a watch is systematically set up, so everything has to be in place for the watch to keep the right time. God has systematically set up everything for us. So when we operate accordingly, everything moves according to what he has already set up. So when we become in the obedience, the promises that he has promised over our lives, we attach that through obedience. Obedience, because we obey him, he is so pleased by that, that is a praise unto him. When God gets pleased, he begins to shine upon you and something happens to you on the inside. Which means that because you are pleasing him, you get happy. When you get happy, it does something that's in you that has to come out of you because you can't hold it anymore. That's why when I came in here, I got happy. Because we were in agreement. And when we get happy, we can't help but praise God. So while you're obeying God, you get happy and then you begin to praise God because your tank is on full and you got to let it out before you pop. And so, the writer, he gives us some instructions. And most of us, most of us did not realize that these were instructions that leads us into the full blessings of God. But God, those two commandments are very clear. It says, for us to love him and then love one another. And so he gives us instructions. Now get this, he says, we ought to bear with one another. And most of us get tired of one another. And so when you get tired of something, let me, let me give you a picture of what it looks like. It's hard to bear with one another when, when you have put yourself in a reference point of, of being God. 
The reason why it's hard for you to bear with somebody is because you're trying to be your own God. Throw a rock at me. I know you're mad. Uh, but I'm going to explain it to you. As long as you are living your life to please God, you will understand that God's methods work for you. But the moment, the moment you get back on the throne, and a lot of times we don't, we don't realize that we're back on the throne. But let me help you. When you start talking about somebody else's fault, you are on the throne. And God did not allow them to show their fault to you so that you could get on the throne. But he says to bear with them. You ought to bear with them. Let me help you for a minute. Because nobody knows everything. But it says the strong should bear with the weak. If you could talk about somebody else's weakness, that means you are strong. That means God has given you strength to keep you from doing what they do. And if God has kept you, then God says, if you bear with them and not remind them of what they're doing wrong, not even talk about what they're doing wrong and talk about how it's affected little old you. It's not about you anyway. If you're strong, you belong to God. Now you can position yourself to bear with some, someone else. This is what I like about God. He says bear with their scruples. In other words, their way of thinking. Most of the time we think we got it together. But the truth be told, there's nobody in here that has it all together. The only reason why we're able to put one foot in front of the other is because of the power of God that's in our life. The only reason why we are not sick right now is because the power of God is in our life. The only reason why, see, we can't be going into, it's about me, it's about me, and then we begin to judge. And that's why relationships have so many problems. Because we simply look at the little faults and don't look at it as their weakness. Because if you looked at it as their weakness, then you'll know that God put you there to help them. Ah. Uh. And so, and so it is not a curse when somebody has doing something wrong in your life. It is God simply pointing you that he has positioned you to help them. So how do you help them? Well, you've got to understand that your little mind is together right now. And if they're, if they're acting outside of how they should act, then you could speak the word of encouragement to their life. Now, if they don't get it, that's up to them. But you have the power to change it. Has anybody ever told you you was wrong? Don't nobody in here like to be told you wrong. But the truth be told, I'm going to tell you the truth. Nobody in here has it all right. We might get it right 99% of the time, but there is a 1% chance that you're going to get it wrong. And if you're like me, you're batting 50-50. Because I depend on God. Because I already know if, if it's up to me, I'm going to mess up. But so God says, listen, he says, bear with one another's way of thinking. Not, listen, not what they do, bear with how they thought it out. Nobody has it together. It is the mind of Christ. Now Christ, Christ bared with us and he said, if I bear with you and all of your crazy thoughts, now I'm in you. Surely you know how to bear with somebody else just for a little while. The second thing, the second thing the writer said, the writer says, he says, he says, bear with them. And then he says, for us to uh, treat each other right. 
He says, it's important to treat each other the right way. Now, everybody in here is going to mess up. Everybody in here has lied. Everybody in here says the wrong words at the wrong time. Some of you said the right words, but they were at the wrong time. Some of you said the right words at the wrong time. See, we, we, we are going to mess up in, in, in this walk. And God wants us, listen, he said, if we help one another by bearing with them, by sharing with them, sharing what? A word. One word. When somebody does you wrong, we shouldn't talk about them. We shouldn't share it with anybody else. But what we should do is speak a word of encouragement. God helped me, and he's going to help you. But the reason why we don't is because we don't rely on hope. How many of you have hope? Every one of you have hope. Now, here, here's the thing. It's what you're hoping for. You should speak what you're hoping for instead of, listen, what happened. Don't speak on what happened. Speak on what you're hoping for. Oh, yeah, you better write that down. Don't speak on what happened or even what's happening. Speak on what you're hoping for. I'm hoping that it all works out. I'm hoping that it works out in God's time. I'm hoping that for the best of the best, I'm hoping and I have a good reference point in my hope because when I was hopeless, God followed me around until I turned around and he filled me with hope and that's the hope that I'm hoping for. Depending, we, we, we take offense to stuff and not know we take offense but when we take offense to things, it diminishes our hope. Where's your hope? It's in you. We hope in stuff. We hope in things. A lot of, a lot of our hope is all messed up. Ah, oh, I hope God give me some money. God already blessed you to get money. Oh, I hope God fixed my relationship. No, he's put his relationship inside of you. Now you go act on what he put inside of you and give the same love, the same grace, and he'll fix everything in your relationship. But the moment you keep talking about what's wrong, you are holding what's wrong in place instead of releasing it because the longer you hold it, the sicker you get. Mm. And so, and so, the writer tells us that we have to let, let patience work for us. So Christ was so patient that he, 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 he worked with us to the point and when, when he finally got us to turn around, after he did all that he did, what did he do? Well, he came, he got whipped all night long for your sins and for your friend's sins. He didn't just get whipped. Listen, he got whipped all night long so that you could be healed. From what? Everything. And the enemy is fighting you in your mind because he wants you to behave according to the world's way. Now, let me help you. 
Because most of us will pray for God to give us stuff, for God to fix stuff, and for God, let, God, give, give me money, give me this. I'm, uh, God, I, I just need this. I'm here, I'm there, I'm there. And so we, we pray from an area of lack. But God didn't call you to an area of lack. When he saved you, he brought you into abundance. The enemy works opposite of God. Jesus says, I have came that you would have life and that you would have it abundantly. Before he says that, he says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God gives abundance, the enemy gives less. We choose to speak in less, and when you speak in less, you operate in less because you have given less government control of your life. But when you can speak in abundance before you get to abundance, knowing that God is the God of abundance, then abundance is waiting for you to start speaking it, and then you can walk into the abundance. What abundance? Abundant peace, abundant blessing, abundant hope. God says everything that he has is for you. If we would just speak it, we can change it. God, I need you to change this. God said, I've given you my spirit to change it. And, and early in the service, that's why I was glad we were saying more of your presence, more of your spirit. Because when you recognize that you already have it, but when you're asking for more of it, you're counseling out all the stuff that you've been praying for. And you can get all of him. And once you get all of him, you can speak to what you don't have. Don't you remember? Moses said, oh, God, the people are talking about, oh, they're thirsty. God said, well, speak to the rock. God didn't even go and give them water. God told Moses, I made you like me. I put, listen, I'm with you. All you got to do is say what I would say. And if you say what I would say, the spirits that are hovering over the earth will grab a hold to what you said and go perform it. But if you're talking about what they're complaining about, I won't do nothing. But if you're ready to speak to the rock, you can speak to the rock and water will flow. I believe Moses said, forget what y'all talking about with your thirsty self. They know they're talking about thirst. Yeah, let me let me let me correct that because the young people got a new meaning for thirsty. <laughs> We're talking about water. <laughs> and so, and so, Moses, listen, because sometimes we get caught up in people complaining. And we join the party and believe. Oh, yeah, we just thirsty. We just stuck right here. No, we have the power to change right here. I got way too much hope in me to believe that I'm stuck. You can get everything out of here. If you, listen, if you can believe. And so Moses said, forget this. You guys are trying to mess with me. Uh, uh, there's a hope inside of me that's bigger than what you're saying. Uh, we can't find no water, but I can speak to a dry area, says the Lord. And he walked over to the rock and he spoke and the rock started flowing water. What am I telling you? Doesn't matter how stuck you are, if you could speak to it. But hey, listen, don't speak to it and doubt with it. 
You're going to have to believe that what you speak to, listen, you have the authority to ask it to do what it needs to do. Huh? That's, why, that's why I'm so glad that, listen, we spoke, we spoke healing over Priscilla. Priscilla didn't have no choice. Her body was laying at home talking about, you ain't going nowhere. But when the prayers start going up and people start believing and they hope she was okay. The Bible says that when you hope things, that God will bring your hope to reality. And so when we began to hope for her healing, her body said no, but her spirit said, you got to go. And she jumped right up and came down to the church house. And now she is healed. Why? Because God said so. And somebody had the nerve to speak the word of God. Say, speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. He said, now may the God of hope fill you. Fill you. Fill you. He, he's talking about filling you. He, he, his, his goal is to fill you. I was thinking about it. A lot of us can't get full because we're not empty. <clears throat> You're carrying around half you. And then God's sitting on top of you. And so the vessel isn't getting full of him because there's still too much you. Uh, because you can't, if you're having problems denying you. Uh, because it's you that speak against the will of God and don't know you're speaking it. And you're wondering why turmoil is in the house. And I had to learn this because I was speaking to my daughters from a point of Felix. And if whenever they did something wrong, Felix got mad. And Felix would say stuff to them like, oh, you just doing this and you're doing that. Well, I'm telling them what they're doing and I was keeping what they were doing in place. But when wisdom hit me, that God had filled me with his spirit, I stopped talking crazy to them and started telling them, Oh, you, everything is going to be all right. Everybody makes mistakes. Is there anybody in here who has not made one? Uh, I want to talk to the people who are honest enough to say, I'm still making mistakes, but the power of God is changing me. And because of the power of God, now I have hope because God showed me that I was hopeless. And when he gave me his spirit, I became hopeful because he fills his people with his hope. It is not you that filled you, so don't get caught up in you when stuff don't go your way. It is God who filled you, so get caught up in God when stuff don't go your way, and then you'll let out God's word instead of your word, and when God's words come out, it performs. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've been, I've been ministering to, to people and they're telling me about what they're going through with their kids. Think, think about it, I'm going through it with mine. But, but I have a reference point. When I was a kid, I did cuckoo stuff. The Bible says children do foolish things. Some of us 50 and 60 and 70 years old still doing foolish things because we are still children in God's eye. 
But see, when we understand that we do foolish stuff, then we're not going to judge the weak according to their scruples. They're just weak right now. But they're going to be made strong. Why? Because I hope that my children began to walk with the Lord one day. Now I'm excited because my hope lines up with his word. And he said, if I obey him, he'll bless my children and make them obey him one day. So it's not up to me to worry about what they do. It's up to me to praise God for what he is going to do. Oh, goodness. You praise you can praise and make everything all right if you praise on fools. So you praise him not with your mouth. He says in Joel, he says, outwardly you praise me, but inwardly you're murmuring and complaining. He says, rend your heart and not your garment. He says, I'm not looking for a show. I'm looking for a heart that will praise me. I'm looking for a heart like David, that when David messed up and realized he messed up, he ran into a cave and began to pray, and he kept on praising God, and his enemies started chasing him, but he kept on praising God. No matter what was coming after him, he kept on praising God. He wasn't talking about what the enemy was doing. He was talking about what God was doing. When you understand that God is moving you, no matter what goes wrong in your life, he is doing one, he is one stir, one mixing of the troubled water to bring forth a miracle in your life. Stop talking about what's wrong and begin to give God praise for what he's already done. He set up your victory already. So I got hope. That's where your praise should come from. It won't work saying this is wrong and that's wrong. You hope it get right. Can we praise right there? I'm not going to worry about it no more. I'm not going to talk about it no more. I'm going to praise. I'm not going to talk about it no more. I'm not going to worry about it no more. I'm going to praise. Can you grab somebody by the hand and say, it's time to praise. It's time to praise. I'm not going to talk no more. I'm not going to worry no more. I'm not going to doubt no more. I, and I'm not going to speak with the proper vernacular no more. No, no more. We're going to stop it right now. What well, uh, Colossians 1.27, well, watch this, because we have to understand that a choice, when the choice is made, it changes everything. You just said, I'm not going to worry no more. I'm not going to doubt no more. Check that. I'm not going to complain no more because I have hope. And I'm going to focus on my hope. My hope is in Christ Jesus. And they, if they can whoop him all night, if they could nail him to the cross, if they could put him in a tomb, and he still comes out, ooh, that's a good hope place. If nothing could stop him, that's a good place for hope. And then he comes out with resurrection power. But when he comes out, he deposits 
a deposit that reached you 2,000 years later. That's how awesome your God is, that he deposited a hope in you that hits you 2,000 years later when you are full of, listen, lacking everything, and now you are full of hope. So he says, to them, to them, to who? To you. He said, watch this. God will to make known that are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. What is it? Christ in who? And what is he inside of you? The hope of glory. Now wait, understand. There's no greater hope than the hope of God's glory. What does that mean? That means that your hope is going to give God glory. Oh, wait a minute, preacher. Explain that to me. Well, if you hope to be healed no matter what the doctors say, when God heals you, he's going to get glory. Uh, when you hope, listen, don't talk about what you don't hope for. Talk about what you're hoping for. Because when you hope for it, that is the hope in you connecting to the hope above you. And when those two connect, it releases the power that moves you. The reason why we stay stuck is because we take our hope in the wrong thing. But when you put your hope in Jesus who works out everything, you can connect to the hope of God who's already worked out everything and you can move right into the thing that God has for you. Then you can't help praising him because you are already doing it already and God is ushering things to you as you praise him. Praise will speed up the process. You don't believe me? Praise will speed it up. There's a little boy. He said, Daddy, I want a bike. He said, Son, I'm going to buy you a bike for your birthday. Little boy said, Well, my birthday, my birthday. He said, Yeah. He said, When's my birthday? He said, Your birthday is next month. So I'm going to buy you a bike. He said, Daddy, I'm going to get a bike. For my birthday? He said, yeah, you're going to get a bike for your birthday. And I'm going to get it next month, Daddy. He said, yeah, I'm going to get a bike, there, bike for my birthday next month. Next day he came home, he said, Daddy! He said, yes, son. He said, thank you for my bike. Daddy said, you're welcome, son. He said, I'm going to get it for my birthday, right, Daddy? He said, yeah. Next day he came home, he said, Daddy! Woo, thank you for my bike. <laughs> son said, I'm going to get it next month for my birthday. Daddy said, yeah, you're going to get it for your birthday. Next day, he was so much thinking on the hope he had for next month that he came home the third day. He said, Daddy, ah, thank you for my bike because he began to see his bike. He said, thank you for my bike. Now he already has his bike. Because he's already moved up to next month. So the next day was payday. On the fourth day, the little boy came home and said, Daddy! He said, yes, son. He said, ah, thank you for my bike. 
He said, I'm going to get it next month, right? He said, yes, sir. He was so happy with the praise that he got his check and went down to the store. Brought the bike home. And the boy said, Daddy, it's already a month. He said, no, but your praise just speeded things up. I just want you to know, when you begin to praise God, you can speed up what you're hoping for. Is there anybody in here that's full of hope and has a praise that's full of hope? Release your praise that's full of hope unto God. We got to go. But you need to know, everything that you've hoped for in Christ, it's done. And we have spoke less in our life. And less has tried to take a domineering perspective. So less don't want to leave. So you're going to have to rebuke it. Tell it it has no place. And tell it you allowed it to be in your life. I allow less to be here because I was foolish, but I repent and less, you got to go. Abundance, you're free to come. I receive it. And if you believe you receive it, you ought to tell them thank you. Because the doors are open to those who has a praise that's full of hope. I don't want, if you, don't, if you have a praise and it has disbelief in it, it's not time to praise. But if you, ooh, if you got some dogmatic hope that you know God's going to show up in your life because that's just who he is. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's working it out right now. It's already worked out. Ooh, I see him. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Shalom. Oh, oh, God, I got it all. I got it all already. When you can praise him in advance, give him a praise on credit. He's worthy to be praised. He is awesome. He's all that. He's oh God. He's worthy. Go ahead and shout. Speed it up. You can have it. You can have it. I'm just talking about an unrestricted praise. You can have it. You can have it. You can have it. How many of you want it? No, no. I, 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 how many of you want your hope fulfilled? God said you are full. You're on full. You're on full. Release what you're full of. It's in you. The word of God is in you. Release the word of God into the atmosphere. Do not release none of that stuff that the world has been trying to put in you. Renounce that stuff. In the name of Jesus, we cancel all of that nonsense. And the oracles of God shall come out of your mouth. And the hope he's put in you. That hope is bringing God glory. God created you to bring him glory. That hope. That hope. That's why the enemy fights you so hard. Because he knows what's in you. He knows the moment you get revelation of how much power you have inside of you. The moment you tap into hope and let 
go of nine to some moment you do, he knows that he has no more power over you. He's going to go out and round up his friend. And you tell him when he come back with his friend, you show him your resume. God has done this for me. God has done that for me. Don't you understand that he is Jehovah Nisi in my life? He is my banner. He is my victory. He is my hope. My hope is in him. And he has whooped you every single time. You thought you had him on the, when you whooped him at night, you thought you had him on the cross. You thought you had him in the tomb. But not my Jesus. That's my hope. My hope is alive and well. Is there anybody that has hope? Hope. The world is hopeless. We're the church. We're full of hope. We go out and change the world. Go hook up with somebody hopeless and make them full of hope. Let God's salvation power reach them. By us speaking words of life into them. We have the power to change this world. We do. If we can speak it, we can have it. I want to talk to the believers just for a minute. I want you to cancel out everything that the world has been whispering in your ear. Today, let it go. Let me, let me say this, because we're going into some absolute obedience because we're going to be so focused on the hope of him that everything attached to you is going to come into so much order because that's God's hope. He's a God of order. The only reason why chaos breaks out is because you allowed it to. There has to be an area of uncleanliness for chaos to come because God is order. And when we obey God, order happens. And he's so raw. Let me tell you, share, share this with you. There's order in the devil's kingdom too. They have captains and generals. How do I know? Because the Bible says he, when he said that, that man was possessed with a legion of demons, a legion is a regiment. It is controlled by order. And so there's governing factors. And so a, a, a general would have to come to you leading the legion. But God said, you don't even have to worry about that. He said, because my army is in you. He said, all you need is to tap into the hope. And the stop, it, there's a shield that will stop the enemy. Listen, enemy will come to bother you and say, oh, there's too much hope in the house. I got to go bother somebody else. We have to understand that God is calling his church to order. And he has to be the fulfillment of your life. Now, how many of you say, I'm on full? I'm on full. Listen, if you get on full, he says, your cup will run over. Everything attached to you will get blessed by your hope. And he's saying, that's the praise he wants.
He wants a praise of hope. Not a praise of victory. That's already done. But a praise of hope. Everybody in here hopes for the best. But we speak against our own hope. And then it cancels it out. So we can hope for the best and begin to praise God because it's already there and go all the way through. Everybody rest of your feet. It's time to go.